Welcome to the Pooch Parenting Podcast, a podcast for parents with dogs. I'm Michelle Stern, a certified professional dog trainer, mom, and former teacher. Living with kids and dogs at the same time can feel like a circus. I know because I lived it too. Join us as we interview a variety of experts and parents to discuss topics that will make parenting with dogs easier, safer, and less chaotic. Also, you can love living with your dog again. I'll always keep it real, which might even mean that you hear the messiness of life in the background on occasion, but at least you know you're not alone. In today's episode, I interview Megan Jackson, the gentle parenting coach. You might be wondering why I would be interviewing a parenting coach on a podcast for families with dogs. However, parents who are raising kids and dogs at the same time are often under a lot of stress. And when we are stressed, we're not always at our best. So sometimes that means yelling or getting frustrated. And in our talk today, we discuss different strategies for how we can help our kids and therefore ourselves to address our feelings, to cope better, and to overall be calmer and explore the why behind the behavior instead of just making assumptions and trying to solve things. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. It's a pretty short one, but I think we get to the nitty gritty of some better ways for coping that we can use as parents for both our kids and our dogs and to set a good example for how our kids can do the same. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Megan. I am so happy you're here today for the Pooch Parenting Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I love chatting with you. I know. Well, it was really a fun privilege to be on your podcast, and now it's your turn to be on mine. And that's actually one of my most favorite things about being a podcast host is that I have met some incredible people, and I have certainly broadened my educational horizons as far as you know, how to improve relationships between kids and dogs. So the reason that I'm having you here as a guest is that you are a gentle parenting coach and all of our listeners, well, I have dog training listeners who want to help their clients, but the reason they want to help their clients and the other set of listeners to the podcast are families who've got kids. And you and I both know that it's easy to lose your mind a little, to lose your temper, to get frustrated, raise your voice, maybe not focus so much on how everyone is feeling. You can hear my dog is whining in the background. He has big feelings at the moment, but that's okay. So I really want you to talk with us about um, you know, how we can support these these families and help parents feel more confident as a parent. But before we dive in, I would love for you to introduce yourself. Well, as you know, my name is Megan Jackson. I am a gentle parenting coach. Uh, so I have three boys of my own and we also homeschool them and I run a business. So I'm like a busy mom in the trenches, just like everybody else. But what I do for the families that I work with is I help them to be able to calm the chaos at home so they can focus at work and at school and on the things they need to, and then enjoy time as a family. And so we talk a lot about emotions and communication and just helping everyone work together. I think it's really easy to underestimate the pure circusness of what it can be to parent kids. Um, and then you throw in a dog to the mix um, that there's just so many moving parts between meeting everyone's emotional needs and then all the logistics. And if there's sports and if there's therapies and if there's 
you know, doctor visits and all of the other things, not to mention your own self-care, all of those logistics can be a real struggle. And then that can lead to increased parent stress. So I think what's neat about knowing somebody like you and knowing someone like me is that families can get the benefit of taking the edge off a little bit because they know number one, that they're not alone. And number two, we both give them strategies to how to make things go in a more peaceful way so that we can just like breathe and actually enjoy the kids and dogs that we're living with. Cause that's why we had them is to like them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I want to start off by talking about big feelings. So my dog is having some big feelings right now. Toddlers have big feelings a lot. They scream and yell and flail their bodies around. Kids of all ages have big feelings, but depending on the age of them, they vary in how they can express those feelings. So how, what are some ideas or strategies that we can use to try to help our kids feel seen um, and give them empathy, perhaps? I mean, we can't fix their feelings, but how do we help them have those feelings in a healthy way? There's a lot of things you can do. And I think the first thing for parents is to recognize that all behavior is communication. And if you can shift your mindset, it's really going to help in the way that you respond to your kids. Traditional parenting, and you see it all the time on memes and TV shows, is that the kid is behaving badly and that they're trying to manipulate you. But honestly, you, you know it through your pets, you know it through your kids, and intuition says that they're having a hard time. They're not trying to give you a hard time. They're trying to communicate something, but the way they're doing it, you might not like, but they're they're trying to say something to you. And, and if you can, you know, just embrace that, then your approach is going to come with curiosity and empathy rather than annoyance and frustration. I love that you said curiosity. That's really a big deal. I think it's so important for us to ask why all the time. Yeah. You know, we, we joke that our kids ask why all the time and how annoying it is, you know, when they're tiny and they're like, why is the sky blue? And why, you know, is this? And why is that? And it's so exhausting. But I think we need to adopt a little bit more of that attitude um, as investigators of why, why is your child acting this way? Why are they feeling this way? Why is your dog doing that? Like my dog right now, he's tired. He's overtired. He hasn't had a really solid nap this morning and he's expressing his discomfort. He's uncomfortable because he's so tired. Now, if I got angry at him or punished him for having those feelings, I wouldn't be doing anybody any favors. So instead I need to set him up in a way that I can try to get him to rest more effectively. So how do you see how that relates to parenting in general when you're curious like that? It's exactly the same thing. When you're curious, then you're more, you're looking for solutions and, and getting to the heart of the problem rather than just trying to put a band-aid solution and make them stop. And that's really what parenting is a long-term relationship. We're trying to set them up for the best situation. So the first step is to kind of shift this whole mindset. And I, and I think your listeners are really open to that. And the next one is to let's be proactive. Who wants to be like blindsided by a tantrum? 
we're parents, we know it's going to happen. So then rather than being frustrated every time it does, let's do something about it and be more proactive in our approach. Talk about feelings, read those. There's millions of picture books out there. Have feelings, like there's, there's cards, you can get them, you can buy fancy ones, you can print some online. We have a whole wall in the middle of our family room that's our feelings wall. And we actually have like little faces that, that have the expressions with several different words underneath. There's feelings wheels. We have posters that talk about what to do and how to calm down. We have coping strategies. The wall is there as just an extra resource and tool. And some people have a corner or a little bookshelf, but talk about it when you're calm. When your child is upset, even toddlers, you can go up, they can recognize faces. So when my little guy was younger and, and I knew that he was feeling a certain way, we would go up and we would point to the poster. We would look at it and we'd just say, are you feeling like this? Or he could go up and point to how he was feeling. So then you're giving them more verbal language, more expression. If you have some nonverbals and they're still young, teach them sign language, show them give them as many ways as they can to express themselves so that they can at least ease that communication. So we're being proactive, talking about feelings, and then talking about what does that feel like in your body so that there's more of a body awareness. And again, tying that into your pets, talk about feelings that pets have and how to recognize the signs. So a lot of parenting is, is sports casting. You're, you're talking out loud about, oh, looks like puppy's wagging his tail. He must be, maybe he's feeling, you know, fill in the blank. You, when I, and when they're calm, when I feel angry, where do I feel at first? I, my ears get hot or maybe my, my heart races. My hands are sweaty. We have a feelings volcano. So it, on, in our volcano, it, my hands, I'm trying to line myself up on screen. Um, it, on our volcano, we talk about like level one is when I'm feeling peaceful and calm. What does that look like? What situations do I feel peaceful and calm? When I move up to a level two or three, that's I'm feeling annoyed, I'm frustrated. What sets me off? Usually it's a lot of siblings or, you know, I'm not allowed to do what I want or my game's not working. How do you know? Where do you feel that? And then by the time you get to a level four or five, what you're exploding, you're a volcano. How does that look like? How does that feel like? What set you off? And the more you can talk about these things proactively with your kids, they're going to be able to come to you and say, I'm at a level two or three, help me calm down. Rather than waiting till they explode, even my oldest, he's 13, he'll come on and tell me, mom, I'm fr they're frustrating me. Then I know, we can we can calm down now rather than waiting till it's too late. I think um, a lot of parents have feelings volcanoes too. <laughs> yeah, we do. And so I, think, this is... I think as parents, we don't even recognize it. It's checking in with yourself throughout the day. Yeah. Like we were talking beforehand, how can we help parents too so that they don't explode? It's checking in with yourself. We are go, go, go all the time, taking care of everybody else's needs until all of a sudden you snap and then you look back and you're like, oh, that built up. Well, don't let it build up. I mean, it's easier said than done. I'm not trying to make light of anything, but yeah, if you really are struggling with it, try setting a timer for a few days. Uh, and when that timer goes off, just take a 30 seconds to take a deep breath and think, what do I need right now 
to feel grounded. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee half of you haven't gone to the bathroom. Half of you are still have a cold cup of coffee or, you know, something like just take a second. But then anything you're doing for yourself, you can teach that to your kids. Why is it a big secret? Teach them these mental health things now while they're young. You're giving them a huge advantage. Teach them what it means to check in with yourself, to take a, a 30 seconds, to take a deep breath. And, yeah. and what do I need right now? And yeah, then I had a situation. I had a situation yesterday where I just got really frustrated and I said, I need to get outside and I need to take my dog on a walk. And it didn't have to be a big walk, but it was really kind of cleansing for me that I could breathe the fresh air and look at some birds and be with my dog and try to shake some of that tension off because the more I stayed in the environment that was triggering to me, the tighter and tighter I was feeling, you know? And so that was a really nice, that's a benefit of being an adult where you do think a lot about this. And, and I do think a lot about feelings because my whole job and career is about managing our feelings, dogs, feelings, kids, feelings, as well as safety. Um, But if we lose our tempers and start shouting, we're not fixing anything. We're not getting to the why, which I really think is, it's like a circle. You know, you have to get back to understanding why the feeling is there in the first place so that then you can address that and you could be proactive, um, you know, maybe not go grocery shopping with all the children when you're all hungry or, you know, things like that. And you come up with a plan and, um, you know, have a system in place that, you know, if this, then this, you know, where we can have some incentives and motivations, but a clear communicative plan, I think helps with that. Yeah, we like having this uh, acronym of STOP. So as soon as you feel yourself getting really agitated, we say STOP. And and I actually teach that in, in some of my courses and I've got posters and I teach the kids, it's STOP, like physically STOP. Stop what you're doing. Drop, you know, the weapon in your hand. Stop. Then the T is take a deep breath. And and it sounds cheesy. And a lot of kids are like, oh my gosh, fafu, fine. I took a breath. But there's actually <laughs> science behind it. Um, and when we're frustrated, we revert back to that fight, flight, and freeze mode. But you're not engaging your whole brain. You're actually only engaging the part of your brain that is responsible for like your heartbeat and digestion, that autonomic system. There's no rational thinking from the front part of your brain going on at that point. When you take a deep breath, you're actually getting oxygen to your brain and you're giving your brain a chance to re-engage. That's when the reasoning's happening. That's why people flip their lid. They're actually not even thinking. So the T is take a deep breath and take a pause, take a break if you need to. O is observe, observe your feelings, observe other feelings and try to do this non-judgmentally. When we bring in all the name calling and the blame and shame and that just perpetuates the problems. If you can actually, what is actually going on? And I really like talking about feelings and needs because when we know how we're feeling, then we can look beneath those feelings into what are our needs? What was I actually needing right now? And when we talk about needs, then that moves into solutions. You can't solve feelings, but you can solve the needs. Okay. Um, and then P is plan, 
to proceed. I don't like telling people to proceed without having a plan. Your plan might mean taking a longer break or it might mean talking more about feelings, but it might mean pulling in some different strategies that we've got now, we've thought about it, let's now then we're gonna move forward. And a lot of that is coping skills too. I like that. And you mentioned that you have some posters and courses that include this. So we will make sure we include yeah, yeah. the links to those in the show notes. Yeah, um, why don't you posters? I mean, everyone okay. has posters. <laughs> Good. Real quick before, before I forget, and I will ask again at the end, but can you tell us where, what your website is so that people can look for that? Of course, it's gentleparentingcoach.com. Well, that's nice and simple. I love it. Okay, great. So you can go there and get some of these posters. I, I think that having visuals is a really important thing. I have some visuals. I actually have several things right here. The people who listen to the podcast don't get to see this, but um, I have these cards. They're, it's a dog smart card game. And they are they look like playing cards, but they've got body language on them. And so you could see how is this dog feeling? And it talks about whether it's, you know, a red, like a danger, danger kind of feeling, or if it's a green, like a green light, you know, go ahead. This dog is happy and relaxed. Um, or is it a caution? Like, mm, maybe you should keep an eye on this. That's kind of your pause and reflect type of situation. So things like these are really nice visual cues. And I would imagine that your poster would be the equivalent of the human version of that. But I think, I think talking about it and having things to look at are very helpful for not only children, but also the parents, because if we can't recognize what those things look like ourselves, then we can't help our children to recognize that either. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I actually told everybody, and I'm not shy about saying it, that feelings well was for me. Because mm -hmm. as the parent, you are the one that's going to make the changes. Parenting is 90% about the parent. It's what you're bringing into the relationship. So if you're able to manage your self-regulation, then you can model it and teach it to your kids. But if you can't, then you're like, how are you going to teach your kids? So And you still, do you still have the feelings well? Oh, yeah. We take you take. Up. Will you take a picture of it? And I want to post it on the show notes. Do you mind? Yeah. I think that would just be a great inspiration for us to see what does your feelings wall look like? I think it's fantastic. It reminds me a lot of my days as an educator when I taught in the classroom is that I tried to have visual things all around the classroom that were not only made the environment pleasant so kids could, students, I shouldn't say kids, they were high school. They were not kids, they were young adults. Some of them acted like children, but they were young adults that they would come into the space and they would feel good in their body. Like, oh, this is a nice place to be. It looks comforting. It looks nice. But also there are visual cues here that can help me with my learning. I think it's important. Exactly. And we need those reminders. Like I, I have cheat sheets for parents. Like you need these visual cues, these reminders to like, what am I supposed to do next? Oh yeah, there's, it's stuck to the fridge. <laughs> Here's my... Like I've actually written that out for clients, like an actual plan of attack. When they're doing this, here's my next step. Have I tried this? Here's the next strategy. And like, I'll make you a list of strategies to try, stick it on your fridge. You're good to go, right? Yeah. Um, and some of those strategies include coping skills. So we talked a bit about that. Like, okay, now how do you calm down? What, what do you actually do about this? And there's four kinds of coping skills. Now a coping skill is anything you use to help you manage and deal. Uh, but what we're going for, obviously, are the positive ones. We all know that there's negative effects, and uh, that's what we're trying to avoid. But some 
things you can do. One of them is physical activities. These are, they can be small, fine motor, like fidget toys and, you know, squishy things and little toys. They can be gross motor, like swings, running. Um, some kids like to wrestle stuffies or big pillows, um, Play-Doh, all these, any physical way of getting out that energy. And that I find that particularly good for younger kids who, who, who I talk about this with my, you know, when my son, he's been three to five while I've been doing all my podcast episodes and he, he talks about getting the angries out and he just needs like even a stretchy elastic, um, like exercise elastic band, anything to get that, that feelings out. So those are physical ones. There's relaxing skills. Those are ways to help your body relax. Anything to do with calming. It could involve music, a soft touch, massage, essential oils, going for a walk, taking a drink of water, things to help you calm down. A lot of breathing. Some people like yoga or some kind of stretching as well in that. Um, the other types are you distraction skills and those are great for when they're worried and anxious sometimes you just need to take your mind off of it and just distract you for a moment or if you're really sad and just to distract you from those those some of these heavier feelings puzzles lego i try not to use too much technology in that because i find that, that actually bypasses processing it but if you need to i mean you know your kids best um Talking to a friend can be a distraction. Going somewhere, doing something fun, connection activities. So baking, reading, snuggling, those are taking your minds off, off your worries. And then processing. We don't want to forget actually working through. We don't want to keep avoiding our problems and stuffing them down. That's when tantrums happen because it's been building up, building up, building up, and then it explodes at the most inconvenient times right when you don't want it to. So we want a way to process what's been going on in our lives. And it depends on the age of your child, obviously, but coloring, drawing pictures, journaling, talking to somebody, even listening to music because you have to pick the music that matches your mood. And there's some thought going into this. So, um, have make a poster try all these different things as a family try them when you're calm so that when you do need them when you're you know your child's exploding out of this volcano feeling thing then you can call on strategies they've already tried rather than introducing them to something new and say oh let's try blowing on a feather well they're they're in the middle of having an explosion meltdown they're not going to try something new but if you do these ones, like my youngest, he likes to blow, we pretend we're blowing out a candle. And, and that helps with the breathing. Now I make it more fun. I, and I blow, oh, that wasn't very far. Try blowing my finger farther. And he blows again and I, woo! And sometimes I tell him to pretend he's blowing up a balloon and I'll run around the house, the room, like a deflating balloon. And he gets him laughing and giggling. And then he doesn't have any idea why he was upset, but you know, that's the whole point of it. So just try these things when they're calm. So then when they're upset, you've got some strategies to pull from. I love this. I love that you gave us very clear <laughs> guidelines of what to try. I, I think that it's one thing to 
know that you're supposed to try ideas, but that's so vague. And so your specific list is going to be very, very helpful. So I'm sure that parents are really going to benefit from that. Well, because our parents are busy and overwhelmed, I think I want to wrap things up here because we've given them some digestible bits of advice and some very specifics. And if people request it, then I can certainly have you back and we can do this again because I know that we enjoy talking to each other. So that would be fun for me as well. Um, again, can you remind us of your website and where people can find you? And I will include that in the show notes for them. Yeah, you can find me at gentleparentingcoach.com and on Facebook and Instagram at gentleparentingcoach. Well, that's perfect. <laughs> I love that. I love that branding. That's perfect. All right, Megan, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for talking with us today about how to kind of keep our cool and help our kids recognize feelings, process feelings. All of these are going to come into play specifically for, well, for any parent, but especially parents who are just overwhelmed by the chaos that can come with parenting kids and dogs at the same time. Exactly. Thank you All so right, much take for care. having me. Thank you. Bye. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Pooch Parenting Podcast on the podcast app of your choice. For ongoing support, get on the waitlist for the Pooch Parenting Society, where I share training tips, activities, and coaching so families with dogs can live in harmony. By signing up at safekidsanddogs.com, you'll be the first to know when I open registration again for new members.